Welcome to Passion Life Church. It's so good to see you this morning and welcome to Passion Life Church. We're continuing this series that we've simply entitled, Think. And uh, I don't know if in the busyness of your life, you stop and actually think about what you're thinking about. Because life can be so busy in thoughts and we see billboards, you know, we see what's going on at Pechanga. Come on, when you're coming down the 15, right? I mean, there's so many things that are buying for our attention. But you know what's important, and I hope that in this series we would take some moments in our life and actually stop to think about what we're thinking about. And why is that important? See, how you see yourself, what you think, and how you think about yourself, it actually affects how you feel. It actually it has a tremendous impact on your life about how far you go and even if you fulfill your destiny. Last week we asked a question, who do you think you are? What are the thoughts that you think about yourself? And that is really a powerful question because Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says this. It says, as a man thinketh, and that's a woman too, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so is he. So the Bible tells us that we actually become what we believe about ourselves. And the truth is, is that we're never going to rise above our own image that we have in our own mind about ourself. You know how you think about yourself? It actually affects how you speak, how you act. And here's one that's really important. It actually even affects how you react to others. And you know how you think about yourself really can determine even your whole outlook on life. I don't know if you... Uh, have seen this commercial. I, I just thought it was really funny. There's a, a website that's called Ancestry.com. How many of you have not heard of Ancestry.com? Let me see your hand. You have not heard. Well, let me just explain it to you real quick. Ancestry.com is if you want to go and find out your family tree, find out your DNA, find out, you know, you're not sure, uh, you can go to Ancestry.com and they will help you find, I mean, your ancestry. They can even give you a DNA test to tell you if you are truly German or if you are truly Puerto Rican or, and you can find out maybe some of your relatives from long, long ago, maybe, man, they are heroes. Maybe, you know, they've done something great. But I saw this commercial and they play it every once in a while. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about today. And here is a guy who grew up thinking he was one nationality and then he went to Ancestry.com and found out he's not that nationality. He's actually something else. And guess what? I brought the commercial here for you this morning. Can we watch it just real quick? Can we do that? And just enjoy this. This is from Ancestry.com. Check this out. So if you're confused about who you are, just go to Ancestry.com. They will help you. But I love this. He grows up thinking that he's German. His family tells him that he's German. And he goes out and he buys Lederhosen, whatever that is. But he goes out and he buys it. He takes German dance lessons because he thinks he's German until he gets a DNA test. And he's not German at all. He's actually Scottish. So he trades in his Lederhosen for a kilt and he starts doing his dance, right? Because he's not who he thought he was. Now he's somebody different. And it's amazing because this scripture is so true in Proverbs that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And you know what changed really? What changed was his mindset. His mindset just changed. And that's the reality and that's the great news about this series and about God is that mindset 
mindsets can change. And you know what? When your mindset change, changes, it changes how you feel. It changes what you do. It changes whether you, you wear a kilt or some lederhosen. Come on, somebody. I got three amens on that. That's all right. We're still trying to figure out what lederhosen is. But all of that, just within your thinking. And guess what? Today, if you're a Christian in here, can I just say, you may not know how you feel about yourself, but can I just say that there has been a DNA test and your DNA that you have in you is a DNA of an overcomer. You know why? Because we are covered in the blood of Jesus. And so no matter what nationality you may be, today you are a child of God. And you don't have to check Ancestry.com to do that. Amen? And what we began talking about last week is we talked about how God had just freed the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were slaves for 40 years and God did some miraculous things. I mean, he brought plagues and on the Egyptians and freed his people and they walked across the Red Sea right on dry ground and God did so much for them. But here's what was the bigger picture. See, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, but the bigger picture was he wanted to get Egypt out of them. See, they had been slaves for so long, God freed them from being a slave, but yet the bigger picture was, is he wanted them to stop thinking like a slave. 40 years of slavery, can you imagine? But the children of Israel are faced now with this promised land. God had promised them a, a promised land. How many of you know that God doesn't just call you out? He also calls you into something. He didn't just call you out of darkness, but actually he called you into a calling. We're saved and we're called, the Bible says. He called them out of Egypt to this amazing promised land. The Bible says it flowed with milk and honey. But you know what? There were obstacles there. There were giants there, and they had the opportunity of a lifetime. And Moses sends 12 spies into the land, and he says, look, I want you to go spy out the land. See how good it is. And they go in, 12 spies, and they come back, and 10 of the spies say, you know what? There, this land does flow with milk and honey. But you know what? There's giants in this land and there's obstacles in this land. But there were two who had a positive mindset who said, you know what? We can take it. We can do it. But look at this scripture because these 10 uh, spies, this is what they say in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. They said, there were giants in the land. The descendants of Anak came from the giants and listen to this phrase. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We were as grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. You know, 10 spies come back and have a negative report. Can I tell you why they had a negative report? Because they had a negative mind, right? They couldn't, it's amazing. They see the land, they acknowledge it's a great land, but their focus is more on the obstacles, the circumstances, and the giants. And I got to tell you, all of us, even today, will face giants, circumstances that look like giants or maybe financial giants, whatever that might mean. But it's where you focus on. And so 10 spies basically say this, yeah, we're just a bunch of grasshoppers. But you know what? Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, they had a different mindset. They didn't say we're grasshoppers. They said, you know what? We're giant killers. We can take these guys on and we can do it. And you know what I find interesting 
is that as we face new opportunities and new levels, great things that God has for us, there's going to be giants. But you're either going to see yourself as a grasshopper or you're going to see yourself as a giant killer. And what we did last week is we, we came up with this phrase that I called the grasshopper complex. And so I gave you some characteristics of what the grasshopper complex is like. And then we contrasted that with what is, what is a, a, a giant killer's mindset, thought process like. And so I gave you five things. We started with two last week, and I'm going to go through the last three uh, today. I don't have time to review the last ones, but you know what? You can always go to passionlivechurch.com. There's uh, free messages. That's actually a ministry that we do for you. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I've been checking some of the stats. You know, there's some people from Norway and different parts of the world that are, are just diving in and listening to those uh, to those messages. Right here, what's happening in little old Marietta, people are tapping. It's on iTunes. Go invest in yourself and get the first two. But today I want to give you the last three of what I call the grasshopper complex and the giant killer complex. And you can see which one are you. Are you ready? Here's the first one today. See, the grasshopper complex is a complainer and a fault finder. A complainer and a fault finder. Pastor Phil, where do you get this stuff from? Dr. Phil? No, I got it from the Bible. Listen, Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. Listen to this. So these spies come back, the negative spies, grasshopper spies, the 10 of them, they're telling everybody, listen to this, in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, it says, so all the congregation, because they said, we can't do it. Here, there's too many giants. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel did what? All of the children did what? They complained against Moses and Aaron. Complaining never starts with your mouth. Complaining always starts in your thoughts. It always starts with this idea that you are lacking, that you don't have enough, and complaining and fault-finding have tremendous power, but unfortunately, it's negative power. And one of the things that I have found out is that great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, but small-minded people discuss people. I think these 10 spies, the grasshopper spies, they didn't understand the power of their words. And I think even today, some of us really don't understand the powers of the things and the power that this little thing in our mouth, that little rubbery thing, that little weird thing in your mouth called your tongue, how powerful that is. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's not talking about God's tongue. It's talking about our tongue, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Another scripture you can just jot down, Proverbs 16, verse 2 says this, you have been trapped by what you've said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. One translation says this, you are snared by the words of your mouth. So if I am in a trap with my words, what words do I want to be surrounded with? Do I want to be surrounded with words of life or do I want to be surrounded with words of death? And this is how God, I just, when I think about him, and he's so awesome because he lets you decide that. He lets you decide what you will say 
One, one scripture in the Old Testament says, I set before you life and death. And then God helps us out a little bit because he knows some of us will need a little bit of help. He says, I set before you death and life. Choose life. Choose life in what you say. There's not a lot of things in life that bug me, right? I'm pretty easy going. But one thing that really gets under my skin is people that complain. Because they start, and, and let me just help you out. If you think that all of us in this life or everyone but you has never gone through something, you, you, you don't understand. To me, when somebody starts to complain, it's like ants are going all over my body. I'm really, so if I'm ever around you and I start going like this, it's because you're complaining, all right? I just, I can't take it sometimes. And I know sometimes we need to share what's going on in our lives, right? We need to be transparent with people. But I want you to hear the complaint of the children of Israel. The children of Israel actually said, after God did all of these things for them, you know what they said? They said, we actually wish we would have died in Egypt. They actually said, we, why don't we just die? I wish we could just die in the wilderness. Now you need to know something about your pastor. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die fighting. I'm not going to lay down and just die. I'm going to fight until my last breath if I'm going to die. But see, it wasn't God's will that they would die in the wilderness. What was God's will? God's will was that they'd go into that, that land. But the Israelites complained and complained. And guess what? Since the Israelites complained, they remained in the wilderness. I like to say it like this. Complain and remain. Complain and remain. But if you'll praise, you'll raise. If you'll praise, you'll raise. That's why when Moses and they had a battle, he had people hold up his hands because it's significant because when he held up his hands, they won the battle because if you praise, you'll raise. But if you complain, you will remain. And since I'm flowing so good, let me add another one. Complainers are drainers. Don't look at your neighbor. But do you ever feel like after you talk with some people, you feel so depleted? Don't get me wrong. I love people. I do. But I'm telling you, I've talked with people that, Pastor Phil, I don't have a job. I'm looking for a job. All right, let's pray. Come on, we, God wants to give you a job. Well, let's pray that he opens a door. God does the miraculous in this person's life. Amen. Right? They're excited next week. Hey, how you doing? I heard you got that job. Oh, they're working me too much. I mean, you think I make this stuff up. That's when I start itching, right? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just not kind of the job I want. I know, but it's a job. And you got some money. You got some bling, bling, ching, ching that you did not have before. And God has opened a door. Come on, because if you'll praise, you'll raise. But if you complain, you will remain. Come on, somebody. And see, it's something that we have to understand. Well, Pastor Phil, I just say it like it is. I just say the facts. Well, can I just tell you, the truth always outweighs the facts. The fact is you may not have a job, but the truth is God is your provider. And he can open any door that no man can shut. The, the fact is you may have a sickness and disease, but the truth is that God can heal that disease. So let's not just talk about the facts. Let's talk about the truth. Come on, somebody. Can you give him a praise this morning? I'm all about the facts. No, you're just negative. 
The fact was there was giants, but the truth was God was gonna use his people to take them all out. But what do you see? What do you see? Now this scripture I'm about to read you shows us how valuable God sees our words. This scripture I had to read like three times because it is so sobering. I hope you write this down. Listen to God's response to the complainers. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 28, you can jot this down. This is God speaking, ladies and gentlemen. After he hears the complaints, he says this. So tell them, tell who? The children of Israel. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. God says to the complainers, I will, I've heard you. I've heard what you're talking about. You're speaking death, and I want you to know this. As long as I live, I will do to you the very thing you have said. And we're going to look forward because Joshua and Caleb were the we are able people. They're the giant killer people, and they get what they needed to get, but they spoke a different language. You know why they spoke a different language? Because they thought differently. Because it was all in their mind. And I wonder today, if God were to give you exactly what you said, what would you be getting? from God. Because you know what? He values our words. He wants us to speak live. Man, what a sobering scripture. You know, we, I think we just need to stop talking ourselves out of what God wants to do in our lives. Let me say that again. I think we need to stop talking ourselves out of what God wants to do in us. We need to stop living like this. We're lacking. We are not a lacking people. We are a well-supplied people. Our God owns everything. Come on, somebody. Stop talking yourself out of stuff. Start talking yourself into stuff. It takes the same amount of energy. Always, I can't do it. I can't. That sounds like my son. He's five years old. Son, you made a mess in the living room. Can you pick this up? Dad, I can't pick it up. It's a freaking piece of paper. Pick it up. I can't, Dad. Why can't you just talk yourself into something instead of talking yourself out of it? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're amen in this morning. Don't shout me down because I'm talking about you. Come on. See, giant killers have a different mentality. See, the characteristic of a giant killer is they, and it's so simple, they just say what God says. They just say what God says. And you know why they say what God says? You know why Joshua and Caleb were saying what God said? Because they were thinking the thoughts of God. If you'll think the thoughts of God, you'll talk like God talks. That was the whole purpose of when God put Adam in the, in the garden. He said, you know, I want you to use your words. I want you to name that animal. Uh, name that insect. Bzz, I think I'll call it a bee. Right? And he, I mean, he wanted us to use because we are created in his image. But you know what's interesting is if you'll just say the thoughts of God. I love what Joshua and Caleb said. They said, we're able. We can do it. You know why we're, we're able? Because God says that we're able. Now, there's something we need to understand about God and his thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that's good. Because if you can figure out God... There's a problem. His, his, his thoughts are, now can I just say this and put it in modern terms? His thoughts are always next level. 
His thoughts are always next level. So you're at one level, and he's thinking about the next level. Let me say it like this. God's thoughts for you are always about future. So many people are past-possessed, but God is future-focused all the time. And we're looking back at our sin, and Jesus is pointing us to the cross. Come on, somebody. And so God is always future-focused. But if we allow our past to be past-possessed or dictated by our past, you know what? We're never going to see the great future that has that God has. A bunch of slaves killing giants, it just doesn't happen. But ladies and gentlemen, walking across the Red Sea on dry ground doesn't happen either. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, what do you see? What do you see? I love this scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, because God's thoughts are about your future, not your past. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, but I'm just a slave. I'm just a grasshopper. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Listen to this. Plans to give you a hope and a future. One, one translation says this. God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. His thoughts are toward us all the time, towards us. And you know what his thoughts about you are? They're about your future. And I got some good news. God never consults our past to give us a future. The problem with the grasshoppers is they kept thinking they were slaves, but God saw them as giant killers. God knew that they could slay these giants and, and take it in. And that's really the characteristics. When you look at people who are overcoming circumstance, you'll find that giant killers are always encouragers. They're the people that say, you know what? They'll lift you up. Have you ever been around people that you walk away and they make you feel like a million bucks because they encouraged you? Listen, giant killers say this, let's go up. We're not going back. We're not going down. We're going up. And you know what? That was the verbiage. That was the language that Joshua and Caleb used. If you listen and you read, they said, let's go up. We're going up. Guess what? God wants you to go up. The past is over. It's under the blood. And God has a great and wants us to hope in the future that he has for us. Man, thank you, Lord, that you don't consult my past to give me a future. Maybe one day I'll share with you my past. But then I think if I do, you won't come back to church. So maybe I won't. But thank God he didn't consult it. Because he had a great future, and I got to see it. So here's the second characteristic for today. See, this grasshopper complex, the grasshopper complex has a victim mentality. Listen to what they said in Numbers chapter 14, verse 3. Is this okay this morning? We're just getting this from the Bible. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Is that why God brought you to the wilderness? To kill you? Let me just tell you something, grasshopper peoples. If God wanted to kill you, he could have left you in Egypt. If God wanted to kill you, he could have left you in your sin. But he didn't. That's not why he brought them out. Can I tell you, he brought them out, number one, because he loved them, but he brought them out because they were his children and they bared his name. But let me tell you, number three, why he brought them out. He brought his children out because they prayed and asked God to send them a deliverer. Little did the children of Israel forget the reason why they came out of Egypt was because they wanted to come out and because they were praying for a deliverer. Now, let me just be, and let me have just for a moment, 
I don't want to be insensitive in this moment because, you know, when we talk about being a victim, a lot of people, man, we go through stuff. And today's not about minimizing what anybody's gone through. And I'll tell you what, today, if we were to take inventory or a story of your life and we started comparing them, I'll tell you what, there's people in this room, maybe listening online today, you've been hurt, you've been abused. And I don't, I don't want to minimize that at all. But let me say something this morning. Life is always going to have its ups and its da downs and imperfect people. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. You can control what happens. See, here's one of the things that I've just been focusing on this year. There are some things you just cannot control. And I'm not going to try to control the things that I cannot control. Man, that will free you up. You cannot control the weather. You cannot control if somebody pulls in front of you on the 15. But you can control how you respond to it. See, the victim mentality, when somebody pulls in front of them, they said, this person pulls in front of them. me, who do they think they are? And you know what? Road rage can step in and see a victim at the end of the day doesn't take responsibility for themselves. See, here's what we are responsible for. We're not responsible for everything that happens to us because it's out of our control. But what we are responsible for is our response to those things. See, I could never, ever stop. And I tried. I couldn't stop my parents from going through a divorce. It would change the trajectory of, me, of my life, of my, my brother's life, my, my sister's life. And honestly, I, I'm even getting choked up right now talking about it. I couldn't control it. But you know what I could do? I could respond in forgiveness. Because, you know what? I just said I'm not going to be a victim. They tell me that, you know, kids that go through a divorce, some of them never recover. But you know what I've learned is that if you don't respond right, you will be hurt. You will be bitter. And guess what happens? Hurt people hurt people. And now victim people who are hurt are now hurting other people. But here's the great news. When you forgive and you let go and let God heal you, healed people heal people. See, I wanted to be involved in trying to help heal people. And God has so turned around my life that some people don't even know my history. But I got to tell you that through forgiveness, now I'm helping other couples who are going through a divorce or, or, or help them to prevent a divorce. Why? Because healed people can heal people. But today I'm just here because of the grace of God. But I refuse to be a victim. I refuse. I refuse to just lay back. And here's what we are responsible for. You're responsible for your response. Your response. Can I just help us out this morning? Stop taking everything so personal. Let me try this side real quick. Stop taking everything so personal. Can I just give you just a little bit of wisdom? One thing that I've learned is that in the people that I have met, Pastor Phil, don't you want people to like you? I want people to love me and like me. But here's one of the things that I've learned. There are some people in your life that don't like you and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with how they see themselves. And if you get and you analyze and blah, 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 you will go cray, cray. And it has nothing to do with you. And here's the reality. And let, let me just help you. There are no perfect people. 
There are great people, but no perfect people. There are great churches, but there are no perfect churches, right? There are great marriages, but there's no perfect marriage. But there is better news. There is one perfect God, and his name is Jesus. There is a perfect father. There is a perfect son. So in, listen, me and my wife don't try to have a perfect marriage. We try to have a great marriage. Because perfection doesn't exist with humans. You know why? Because you're human. And does that give you some hope this morning? Does that give you some help this morning? Listen to what Galatians says in the New Testament, verse 5, verse 1. We're talking about being a victim. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You were made for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Listen to these words. And do not let yourself, do not let yourself, do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. See, unforgiveness will make you a slave. Here's what victimitis does. I call it that, victimitis. It always ties you to the past. See, you can't move forward because your thoughts are always about what happened to you instead of what has happened or happening in you. So that's the more important, what is happening in you? And forgiveness always brings freedom. But see, here's what giant killers do. Giant killers, they have a mentality of freedom. And they will fight every giant to stay free. And you're going to continue to come in contact with imperfect people at work and especially at Walmart. Come on, somebody. I'm just playing. I shop at Target. Anyway, but. God wants to make sure that what's going on in you. See, I'm not a victim. I am a victor. Joshua and Caleb were thinking about future. That's the land God has for us. Not I was a slave. Oh, Egypt was so bad. Oh, the wilderness is so hot. They thought future. We're going in this land. Our life is going to be better. Here's the last characteristic for today. And I saved the best for last, we're talking about the characteristics of a grasshopper and this complex and a giant killer. And here's number three for today. The grasshopper complex always allows people to determine their value. Always allows people to determine their value. I want to go back to Numbers 13, verse 33, and I want you to hear these words. Here's the 10 spies, and they say, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And listen to this, because there's an and there. We are as grasshoppers in our own sight, and we were in their sight. So here's the question that I have for us today. I wonder how much of us or how much of what we think about ourselves stems from what we think other people are thinking about us. They may not be thinking that, but I wonder how much of what we think about stems from what we think other people are thinking. Do you secretly undervalue yourself because you think other people do? So the measuring stick for your life becomes not your accomplishments, but the accomplishments of other people. The measuring stick of your life becomes somebody else's uh, standards or becomes the opinion of others. I, I don't want you to answer this. I want you to think about it. Who are you really trying to please at the end of the day? Who, who is it really? 
I know people that they're people pleasers. And the Bible says the fear of man becomes a snare. Do you know what? If we're not careful, we can constantly compare ourselves with other people. And then guess what? You're using the totally the wrong measuring stick. It's the wrong measuring stick. You know, when we moved from El Paso to Marietta, we sold our house. We had a great house and we moved into an apartment complex and we've been there for three years and we're believing that God will open up an opportunity for us to have a house. But we love living in the apartments because of the amenities. I mean, it's got a pool, it's got a jacuzzi, it's got a workout room that I never use. Come on, somebody, but it's free. I did, actually, I did use it last night. But one day I was taking my son to the pool. And, you know, as you're walking, I don't know about you. I don't walk with my head down. I like look around, like, what's going on? You know, is there dogs going to come out and bite me? Because they, I just kind of look around. And, you know, there's this one apartment that I have found I just look at because the windows, I mean, the, the drapes are open. If you don't want people looking in your window, close the drapes, especially if you live on the first floor. So I would just look and the drapes were open and I just noticed that there was a beautiful table there, beautiful glass, right? Glasses and everything looked so perfect. And I would walk by at other times and I'd look and the drapes were open and I'm like, okay, who are these people that their house is this clean like all the time? Every time I walk by, I mean, it is like, I look and I started feeling bad about myself. I'm like, Compared to that, I am so dirty, right? Like, who, I want to meet these people. Well, you know what? Val and I were looking at our apartment complex, and we thought about maybe getting into another apartment, right? And so we went to the office, and we said, hey, we're thinking about other options here at the apartment. They said, oh, I got an apartment I want to show you. Now, you're probably already ahead of mine. Guess which apartment they took us to? They took us to the apartment that I've been peeping on, I've been looking at. They open the door and it is absolutely perfect. They open the refrigerator and they have Cokes all lined up and waters. And I was like, oh my, this is amazing. I would love to live here. The reality was is that nobody lived there because it was a model apartment. (laughs) They don't have anyone living. They don't have a five-year-old living there. And so what I did was I was evaluating myself and comparing myself to people who didn't even exist because of comparison, because of comparison. And I allowed the people of some, whoever they were, their opinion, I started feeling like I'm not, man, we need to clean our house. And those people don't exist. But you know what? God has a funny way. Last night I went to work out and that same apartment had the the drapes open and it looked dirty. You know why? Because there's people living in there. Come on, somebody. And I said, oh, well, I think we're a little cleaner than them. And I just kept walking. But you know what? We can allow people's opinions. We can allow people's opinions to determine our worth. And there will always be someone in your life that can't see your worth. Don't let that person be you. Don't let that person be you. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. They're not wise. Pastor Phil, I mean, don't you want people to like you? Yeah, I do. But you know what? Not at the expense of compromising for Jesus. 
But if you allow people to determine your value, your feelings are going to be up some days and your feelings are going to be down some days. We have to look at the opinion of God. Listen, my church family, don't let anybody change your price tags. God loved you so much that he gave his his only son. So here's my question. So the children of Israel, right, these 10 spies, they see themselves as grasshoppers in their sight, but then also they say, because we were in theirs. What did the giants really think of the children of Israel? Well, I did some study and I went back to the future. How many of you know, because we're in the future, but I went back because we can see the whole picture. Joshua was the leader now, right? Because he was a giant killer and he was on the precipice of taking a city called Jericho and he sent some spies in and they meet this prostitute named Rahab and listen to what she says about the children of Israel in Joshua chapter two, verse 10. This is Rahab talking for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites and who were on the other side of Jordan, Shoham and Og and whom were utterly destroyed. Ladies and gentlemen, the giants did not see them as grasshoppers. The giants were so afraid because the children of Israel had destroyed a nation called Egypt that was the most powerful nation of that time was the most powerful nation of that time. See, but the Bible says Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. See, here's the contrast. You know, giant killers understand their value comes from God, not people. I love when people appreciate it. I I love it. But you know what? I'm not going to allow you to determine my value. God has already determined that, and it's sealed in his word. I want to close today with this. I think it's amazing because Joshua and Caleb had a mindset that says, you know what? If God says we can do it, I'm going to do it. And so let me just read you what Caleb says. Man, this guy is amazing. Joshua's in charge now, right? 40 years have passed. People have died in the wilderness, right? And listen to the words of this giant killer because I think we need to understand one thing before I read this. Joshua and Caleb wandered for 40 years with complainers, with people who thought they were victims. And as they're walking for 40 years, people are dying. Caleb could have complained. Caleb could have been a victim. Come on, God, you have me out here for 40 years with these. But listen to what he said. This is 40 years into the future. And Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 14, verse 10 Here's Caleb. Listen to what he says. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Whoo! And he said, these 45 years since ever since the Lord spoke to the word, uh, the word to Moses while in Israel wandering in the wilderness. And now here I am, 85 years old. How old is Caleb? 85 years old. It's been 40 years. Listen to what he says. He says, now at 85, and I am as strong as the day, as this day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both 
for going out and coming in. You know what God did? God redeemed the time for Caleb. In verse 12, now, therefore, give me this mountain for which the Lord had spoken that day. And you heard in that day how the Anakin were there, the giants, and the cities were great and fortified. Listen to Caleb. And maybe the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out. My church family, Caleb is in beast mode now, and he is a bad mamma jamma at 85 years old. And if you read the Bible, him and his son will attack a whole mountain and they will get it as their inheritance. But here's what I love. 40 years walking with complainers, 40 years people dying and watching people die in the wilderness. And guess what Caleb is still saying? He's still saying, I am able. We are able. After 40 years, Caleb is still thinking the thoughts of God. Caleb is reminding himself of the word that God spoke 40 years before. And because he was thinking the thoughts of God, he sang the thoughts of God, and he got exactly what God wanted him to get, despite everyone else. That's what giant killers do. He understood, look, nobody sets my value. God does. And can I just tell you that you're, man, you matter. What you say matters. Man, your life matters. You matter to your church. You matter to your family. And guess what? Your mindset will be passed down to your kids. Are you going to raise giant Killers, are you going to raise grasshoppers? Hi, would you like to meet my little grasshopper? I mean, my little girl? Kids are fearful because their parents are fearful. Kids are critical because their parents are critical. And the Bible says everything reproduces after its own kind. And my church family, I want my son to be a giant killer, but I got to be one first. And I got to speak the thoughts of God, speak the words of God. See, everything that Caleb said had God all over it, but yet nothing the grasshopper people said had God in it. And here's where we close. Over 2 million people walked away from their purpose and their destiny because 10 spies came back and said, we can't do it. We just can't do it. And they heard those words from 10 people. They allowed those 10 people to set their value instead of God. And they all died in the wilderness, except Joshua and Caleb. And my church family, you know how it started? It all started with a thought, with a thought. And here's what's so interesting, from Egypt, to where God wanted them to go was only an 11 day journey. But it took them 40 years. What should have taken 11 days took 40 years. And you know what the result was? The result was it took them years to experience victory over something that should have been dealt with quickly but it wasn't. And I believe this is what God is saying to us today. And we're going to pray. I believe God is saying to us what he told the children of Israel. Listen, you have dwelt here way too long. 
You have dwelt here way too long at this mountain. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward. It's 2016 in May. It's the first of May. It's time to stop going around the same mountain, my church family. It's time to move forward. Come on, would you stand with us this morning and let's give the Lord a great round of applause for his word today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.